Mana 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 this is social discasting welcome to social discasting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a writer actor and performer he's a birthday boy he's a sloppy boy and he is 13 snickers tall please welcome mike hanford hey 13 snickers tall he says (laughs) what a funny video thanks thanks that that came off of i was you know, when you have to audition during uh, quarantine times here on tape, obviously put yourself on tape and send it in. And uh, yeah, I was having trouble with the uh, slating. I was like, hi, Mike Hanford, six foot. Uh, or uh, <laughs> just like, <laughs> that's not how you talk. <laughs> oh, and then it just spiraled from there. Oh, I had so much fun. Me and the crew had so much fun. Uh, me that and was the a boys. Full crew. We full crewed up that video <laughs> shoot. Nobody had masks on. We didn't believe in it. Perfect. No, I'm just glad that you uh, took the precautions of like not going outside and recording and being around people, mm-hmm. but then you brought an entire crew of people in. Yes. In close quarters. We we, we went on the uh, the honor system, and, and I don't trust these guys mostly, but we needed to get this thing done. <laughs> Look, we're all doing the best we can, and that was like the best you could do, and that's fair. Are we doing the best we can? I was thinking about <laughs> I don't, I don't think this so. the other day. Like, I'm getting so lazy. Like, when things go back to normal, I don't know if I'm just going to be like, ugh. It's, so, it's much easier just not having to have to do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, the, the like, oh, we can't get together because it's, you know, quarantine. It's like, yeah, it's probably good. We probably just stay inside. Uh, <laughs> that's so much easier. You know what? I saw something, you know, one of those Twitter things that goes around and somebody was like, if right this second, everything was cured and there was no more uh covid Uh what would you do and my honest initial response was probably the same thing (laughs) right right the routine is stuck in now yeah it is like you know they say that somebody in the effect of like it takes two weeks of repeatedly doing something for it to kind of stick (laughs) as a routine yeah and i've man i mean months now it's crazy are you are (laughs) you what's your what's your where are you I'm in Arkansas. Oh, okay. And what's yeah. your what's your setup there? Are you apartment, house? Uh, I got a house and a cat, and that's about it. Nice. Yeah. It's um, not too bad. It's, yeah, that's great. How's I've, New York? Uh, I'm in New York, yeah. It's okay. I, I started the whole pandemic off. Uh, my girlfriend, I live with my girlfriend, and her mom has a place in Pennsylvania that has some, she's got like a lot of, you know, big, a lot of land out there. Yeah. It's a nice country house and stuff. So... We were out there for her uh, sister-in-law's birthday, and okay. then we just like the pandemic hit, and then we just like stayed there for two and a half months. And uh, it was really nice because you know you're not. I guess in New York City it was like you're inside all the time in the lockdown. We were able to go outside, like we didn't worry about masks. We were just so cut off from from everything, the reality yeah. of the world. Yeah, that is one. I guess in something something like this situation, something like Arkansas and. And more of like a, a rural Pennsylvania, that lack of relative population density mm-hmm. goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it feels, it, it felt, I mean, we've ended up coming back to New York just to kind of get back to our lives a little bit. Yeah. But um, every once in a while, we'll go back out to Pennsylvania just to like spread out. And uh, it's it's been pretty nice. Yeah, I do feel like doing something like that when you can, just some form of, even if it's like not that far removed from your day-to-day or just where you are, just mm-hmm. geographically, doing some, enough to where you can trick your brain into that you got away yeah, goes right, right, right. such a long way. <laughs> right. Thinking you took a trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's like an hour and a half away. Yeah, I kind of, during the beginning of the whole pandemic, I was seeing, it wasn't a kind of like 
quaint or kind of fun. It seemed like people were like, everything online was so like, oh, this is crazy, and I'm watching Tiger King, and how much puzzles have you done? Ah, I'm going nuts. It was like a camp or something. It yeah, was like, yeah. People were, yeah. I didn't play, but people were playing um, Animal Crossing. That seemed like a big thing, bringing people together. Zoom was so new, and, and now it's like... Zoom is like secondhand to everybody. I get it, but I think everyone's going to be so relieved not to like zoom up with every with people. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I feel like I've gone through like so many different cycles at this point. I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to to phrase it exactly, but you know that initial thing of wow, this is going to be a wild four weeks or whatever the the thought process was in the timeline, and then and then it was just uh, oh, I feel numb because this is yeah. also cinematic. Like I've seen it in movies, but I can't believe this is real life. Mm-hmm. And and I I guess you know and I think that that even still especially early on though we were going through I don't know whether it was like the stages of grief or <laughs> some form of like honestly like just um, shock you know just unable to to fathom what this is because it's yeah. so yeah. you can't see taste or touch it uh-huh. so it doesn't feel tangible I always liken it to like <laughs> you're in Jaws but you never see the shark so right. it's just hard to quantify no, you can taste it. That's that is true. <laughs> Get that mouth right <laughs> up on that screen. You can taste the zoom. <laughs> taste the zoom. <laughs> it's uh, it's just all just so much. I don't, I don't know. But no, I agree with you. I th- there was definitely like a moment, maybe in the summertime. I, I, my months are so like I can't believe Halloween's already happened. Like I can't. Yes. Even Thanksgiving, it's all just like I can't believe that that was, uh, you know, the summertime came and went, and it felt like the summer was. Uh, I didn't zoom much. I felt like it, like I didn't want to see people on zoom and nobody wanted to like zoom. <laughs> it didn't seem <laughs> there was a period there. I agree. That just felt like it dipped. I'm now in that mode where I'm like, uh, I, there are some friends that I haven't seen this year. Yeah. Right. And right, right. that I do not like at all. That really bothers me. Right. Yeah. That, that is straight. Even, even kind of like, like, I think I've seen all my good friends. Oh, maybe not actually. There's, there's a bunch of people I haven't zoomed with, but sort of tangential friends who you just sort of see every once in a while yeah. in your daily life. You're not seeing them just feels like, well, will I ever see those that person again? <laughs> who I don't really know. <laughs> well, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but it's like, it's almost like um, you're reconfiguring your rotation mm-hmm. of, of people and like, uh, oh, I need to remember this person because it's just yeah. been this blur of a year and, you know, and just things happen. People yeah. have things going on, of course, and not like you can hold anything against anybody. But that kind of reminds me of um, on my Instagram uh, account, <laughs> just on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I uh, there are a few people I follow who you know I probably started following uh, early on and in getting Instagram who I kind of knew and don't really know them anymore. Never really knew them at all, but it was just like you're getting followers and stuff. And I keep them on my scr- my. Um, uh, my scroll, I guess, just because like it would feel weird if they weren't there. But I don't really know these people, and it's just on Instagram. Yeah, I did that the other day too, where by going through like just for a minute of like Instagram and Twitter, and it's these people that have. It's been so long since I followed them, but also have interacted with them that I don't know how we got here. Mm-hmm. I guess it just becomes a bit of white noise. Like they've they're there because they've been there. Right. I mean, not that it matters, but. I'm just like, who is this person and how did we get here? I don't know. <laughs> did you watch uh, The Social Dilemma? I've not. I know, uh, I'm sp- I, know I need to yeah, very much so, but I'm kind of scared to watch it. It's, uh, it is very scary. I watched it last night and I, the whole time I was just like, oh my God, they're taking... They know my every move. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> what's going to happen? What's the future going to be? It's just really interesting. But it's, it's that type of uh, mindset. It's like, why do I... How did all this come to be? Even just the phone in general. I'm like... 
how did I get so good at like navigating my phone? I just like had it in my hand all the time and learned how to do it. Well, and I mean, this isn't fair because not everybody has Apple products, but I do remember somebody telling me just to... <laughs> then fuck them, <laughs> honestly. You know what? Not everybody, and I call them plebeians, right. don't have Apple products, but somebody, I read something about how like Apple products are engineered to be so simplified that literally somebody brought an iPad to a village, a remote village, and the children in the village immediately could use them. Yeah, interesting. Crazy. Which is... I don't know. I guess that speaks to my brain, too, because I'm like, well, I, even I feel like I don't get iPhones sometimes. So I guess I'm just I guess I'm just fucked. And that <laughs> that, you know, fair enough. Do you know that like when you're on your iPhone and you want and you're typing something and you want to undo it, you shake the phone? Is that that can't? Yeah. Is you, that you real? Sh- shake the phone side to side. Do it right now. And like type in something in notes, shake it side to side and a little thing will come up, say undo or cancel. Okay, you could be completely screwing me right now. I'm not screwed. I would never do that. Not not here. This isn't a prank show. This I'm not Jamie Kennedy. You're not getting X. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you're not Malibu's most wanted. The uh, Okay, that just did it. Right? It, so that's you can undo typing or erasing something. I guess my question is, why? Why? Why that functionality? Because I think like sometimes I'll write a whole sentence... And realize it's in the wrong spot or something. Yeah. And instead of like pressing down on it and cutting it and bring it somewhere else, it's easier just to like undo it and move on. Interesting. Okay. Because if you're on a computer, you just do, what is it? Command uh, Z or whatever. What is it to undo? Yeah. Yeah. Command Z. And then you're, boom, you're done. So they Well, what's it. confusing is I always just shook my computer. So <laughs> so I guess um, I'm just doing it backwards. So that's... I was... I was t- I was texting someone during an earthquake and I could not get this thing off. It was crazy. <laughs> they were asking me if I was okay and they were very concerned for <laughs> yeah. several minutes. Long time. <laughs> oh god, that's a that's a good. That'll be my uh, my how to book of how to text in an earthquake. <laughs> and then I'll go into uh, tsunamis next. I guess. Yeah, yeah. You'll need or a, tornadoes since I'm in case. Tornado Alley. Ooh, are you in Tornado Alley? I am. <laughs> Is everything bolted down? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just live in. Uh, I almost said I live in a storm drain. Well, <laughs> it is a small house, but maybe not that small. Well, so hopefully it's not a drain, too. Well, you know, we do what we can, but <laughs> <laughs> I do. You know, the funny thing is I rewatched the other day Twister. That movie, I almost said it holds up. I don't know if it was ever <laughs> good to say that it holds up, sure. but it's very fun. Okay. I get that. I've never yeah. seen it. I've never seen Twister. You got Philip Seymour Hoffman playing a supporting role, playing a guy named Dusty, and he's like the embodiment of a Dusty. He's great in it. It's I, fun. Hey, come on, he's great in everything. I, it's true. He's great. I just watched uh, Magnolia again, and uh, he's fantastic. Are you a Paul Thomas Anderson fan? Because yes, I, I am, but love I, I, his movies. There Will Be Blood is my favorite. Yeah, that is that is my favorite. That and Phantom Thread, I, I absolutely love. Yeah, I'm gonna rewatch that. I uh, that you know the. I feel like The Master was like the beginning of when, on a certain level, it felt like he was daring me to keep watching his movies. Mm-hmm. Man, like The Master is one that I had to, I had to learn to love it, and it, it was mm. always amazing. But I was like, this movie's amazing, but I hate it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just watched that one recently too, and I didn't like it as much as I did the first time. I, I think I felt like I didn't exactly understand what the two uh, main characters were going for. Yeah, it just it like. I, it was that fine. I don't know. It just didn't grip me the same way it did uh, the first time I saw it. But I also liked. Did you like um, Inherent Vice? I did, but I don't fully understand it. No, no, no. I don't. I don't either. I don't think it's 
it's supposed to not be understood. But uh, I think a lot of people hate that movie, but I really enjoyed it just because it's, I like the kind of acting and where it was and the mise-en-scene, if I can <laughs> be so lofty. I think it's just a cool movie. Like, it has yeah. a cool vibe. It's so, like, lived in. Mm-hmm. In a great way. I, yeah, I think it's great. I think yeah. everybody in that movie, too, is just like, I feel like they're just really enjoying themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, I, I definitely, yeah, Fam Thread was his last one. Now he's working on something else set in L.A. Yeah, he's, it's like a 70-set movie. Mm-hmm. It's starring Phyllis Inger Hoffman's son. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. That makes me very happy, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that they're a close relationship and then just, you know, working with his son now. Uh, it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, I'm watching it. And I think uh, one of the Haim uh, sisters is in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Haim, however. Because he's, yeah, he's directed a bunch of their videos. Yes, yeah. Oh, Magnolia, what I was going to say about yeah. Magnolia getting, that's started this whole thing off, was he, he was like, what, 26 or something when he made that movie? God, yeah. Or some some ridiculous young age. Something and you absurdly can, young, yeah. Yeah, you can totally see uh, him being like, all the scenes are so bloated and everyone's acting like at, at a 10. And it just feels like a young guy being like, yes, go for it. Go as hard as you can, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I love it. I love every moment of it. It's I like, know. I know. But I know what you mean. Like knowing both how old he was then uh-huh. and then also juxtaposing against like the stupid shit I was doing at that age. <laughs> and he's directing this epic three hour movie with <laughs> Jason Robards and all these amazing actors in it. But then also, like, knowing where he's gone from then. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, like, that was, like, the most indulgent he's been. hmm You know, I watched um, Hard Eight for the first time in a long time. Oh, I've never seen it. It's great. Yeah. When you watch it as, like, his first movie, it's just, like, uh, many directors would be happy if that was their best movie. Mm-hmm. And that was mm-hmm. his first. Philip Seymour Hoffman has a part in it. And he just improvised the entire thing. And it's just him being an asshole shooting craps. And it's a delight. <laughs> It's I gotta great. check it out. I will check yeah. that out for sure. It is great. You went to to Ithaca. You graduated from the film program. That's right. I was a, a a screenwriting major, which I don't think I've ever completed a screenplay in my life. They must be so difficult to write to complete. Um. Yeah. I I think they are. I also just think like that's a whole specific. Like I I then after quote unquote film school, I say that because. You know, I don't. I don't think I was. I, th- I think of film school. And I think of like you come out at the end with a eighty-minute short that you're sending around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I sort of realized like uh, to be a screenwriter, that's a very specific. Like you're just writing screenplays all the time. And that's a very different type of writer than I think I am. I definitely went a comedy route more so. Yeah, and I think also to your point though, it's like not to say that it's limiting, but. If you're going to be a screenwriter and a working one at that, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And it is a volume game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have like a handful of ideas that I think are like pretty good. Uh But but then I'm just like, I don't know. I just think the image that if in like best case scenario, it was that thing where you write a screenplay and it gets made. I just like, I don't know. In my brain, I'm like, yeah, so that's it. (laughs) <laughs> I got, I did the one, I got my idea. I'm like, I don't have a thousand ideas. I, I'm impressed that so many people are just like, oh, he wrote five scripts. I'm like, damn, that's impressive. Five yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah, dude, five ideas that went for that long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. I can barely come up with my TikToks. Ah, <laughs> uh, TikToks. I'm, I'm not on TikTok. I, uh, it's too much. I, I downloaded it once to check out just what it was, and like, the never-ending feed was, was. Uh, odd to me, so I didn't. Like yeah, I set my 
I, I step my toe in. I, I dip my toe in, step my foot in just uh, for a second, just to see. It was overwhelming. So yeah. I just uh, backed up pretty quickly. I thought the filters were fun, but yeah. that's Well, about yeah, it. same for like Snapchat. Some of the filters can be fun. Like I did that, I did one where it was like, a, ana, you, you can animeify your photo. Uh huh. That was fun. <laughs> hey, that was fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> the half a second it took to do that, that was a fun time. It was fun to uh, pick out a photo and then click it, and then uh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's all at the fingertips. It's wild. You were in the phone program, and I know that you know you said that, that for screenwriting, but what movies did you enjoy growing up? I was a big, um, like, when I was in, like, high school, I, I saw um, Rushmore and Bottle Rocket, Wes Anderson's oh, movie. yeah. And those were, like, oh, cool. They were so funny to me, and I really liked that tone. Uh, and that was kind of like, oh, I could do this too. That would be great. But growing up, my, my favorite movie as a kid, and probably still is, it was Dumb and Dumber. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, uh, like that, that's worked its way into like my, just how I speak and stuff like that. Um, the Jerk was always a big one for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was into the, the, like as a kid kid, more into the Back to the Future than like Star Wars. Like I probably tended more towards that, those. Yeah. Uh, and Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles was a big one. I remember seeing that when I was on vacation in Florida, and it was like this packed theater, <laughs> and it fun. was just an event as a kid. It was just so great. That's but, great. You know, what's funny is that about Star Wars, like specifically, I was sitting in the movie Solo, and within 15 minutes, I, I had the, epiphany is a strong word, but I had like uh, the epiphany that I'm like, I don't, I don't really give a shit about any of this. Yeah, right, right. I mean, it's like, I'm not against it by any means, but yeah. I don't know. I got caught up in that cultural wave, I guess, when just the movies existing when I was a kid in general, but then they had the special editions where they had, like, really bad CGI and a few added things. And uh-huh. They put the theater, and I was just like, yeah, this is what we do, right? <laughs> and then it took me watching hours upon hours of these movies to all of a sudden realize, I mean, I'm not, like, deeply invested, and I don't know a ton about them. Yeah. And that's well, fine. That- that's what's sort of keeping me from the Mandalorian is like, I hear it's great, but I'm also like, I just don't, I'm kind of burnt out on Star Wars stuff. Uh, yeah, no, so I am too. I, I say that and I watched the first season and the first episode or two. I will say that what's kind of cool about it is that they do use a lot of Western tropes mm-hmm. and it's and it's fun. The music's like really, really good. Horses, cowboy just, hats, that type of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a cool... It's a it's a cool show. It's the best thing, and and I don't know how much of a compliment this is, but it's the best thing they've made while Disney has owned Star Wars. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. By far, like, by far, it's the best thing. Yeah, uh, you know what's you were saying that about the um, Star Wars being like, do we care about this? Yeah. Uh, the Marvel movies, I would kind of pick and choose which ones I saw, but when the f- when like the final ones came out, the final end was it Endgame and something. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever those final two ones were. I went to the theaters with like on the first night to, with everybody, and that was so fun. And hearing people like laugh at the jokes that I didn't get or whatever, I was like, "Oh, cool! This is fun." Everyone reacting. I if it had been like a week later, I wouldn't have seen it. It's just like not, <laughs> just don't care. If I take a step back from it, I'm deeply impressed by this truly unprecedented thing they've done mm-hmm. to make all these movies, make them all work in tandem to some degree, and. You know, and like everybody loved pretty much all of them. It's yeah. <laughs> really like as a feat, it's very impressive. Right, right, right. I guess it's like organizing, just organizing all the characters. 
Yeah, yeah, it's a very um, impressive feat of like looking at it in a very like antiseptic type way of. Mm-hmm. They they won the Oscar, I think, for planning. <laughs> they won, I believe, best project management. Yes, and and we all. You know, I'd forgotten that was even an Oscar. They, but well they give on. that right before the show starts, before they start <laughs> broadcasting. The host comes out and says, "Hey, folks, the best planner was the Marvel Group. Good for you guys." Yeah, and then half of the studio audience stands up because they're all involved in some way. Yeah, and the Oscar <laughs> they give them is silver. It's a silver surfer. <laughs> Who might be from D.C.? I don't know. <laughs> I was about to say, I think that's D.C., but again, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, yeah look, it's a whole thing. It doesn't <laughs> it's, matter. It's a whole fun thing. <laughs> you have, well, two Sloppy Boy-related podcasts now. One, though, is the one that comes out Every Friday, I believe the cocktail centric one. Yes, that is. We've we've got the Sloppy Boys podcast. Yes, the the main free one, whatever, is on Fridays, and then mm-hmm. our our Patreon bonus birthday boy blowout, or sorry, Sloppy Boy blowout, is um, on Wednesdays. Okay, coming so, out today. Today, yeah, today. Yeah, wherein you you talk about. I want to say that you talk about Wes Anderson at one point in it. We do. We we talk. We're talking about Garden State. We're talking about the Garden State soundtrack. That was the uh, so each each of the blowout uh, Patreon episodes is like we talk about movies, like we watch a movie and then talk about it, or an album, or we pick like the, our favorite party songs and see which one's the best. Like we put it on Twitter and see who likes it. Yeah. Uh, so those are a little more not cocktail centric. The fi- the Friday ones are we pick a cocktail off the IBA which is the International Bartenders Association list, and we make them ourselves and drink them and talk about them. When it comes to imbibing, are you more of a cocktailsman or do you just like a big scotch? I'm a, I'm a more of a beersman. Beersman? Yeah. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's uh, doing these cocktails has been interesting because we've done some easy ones like Tequila Sunrise, which I enjoy. And then we did like the zombie which is this hugely involved thing where you need like three types of rum and something called <laughs> Pernod and something called, um, oh, what the hell is it called? I forget, another thing you've never heard of. And you're just like, well, I don't have any of these things, so I'm going to have to roughly <laughs> get something like it and this yeah. drink sucks. <laughs> that one is better left to the, the pros. The Tom Cruises of the world. Right, right. The mixologists. Exactly. You know what's funny? I was thinking about just how... Um, you know, when I was 21, because I didn't drink previous to 21, because I guess I'm a good boy, but <laughs> the first drink that I had, because I, I just laughed at the name, because I'm an idiot, was a sex on the beach. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I had. And and all it came down to was, it's just fruit punch with alcohol, basically. Okay. I, yeah, I don't, I've never had one or seen one ordered, but it's just like, you always hear that in movies. Yeah. As, as a punchline, like, sex on the beach? Who are we still talking about the drinks? <laughs> <laughs> And apparently it just really stuck with me because I, that's what I went with. Yeah. I basically ended up drinking as much of a child's drink that is for technically an adult as you can. Yeah. Fruit punch yeah, yeah. with alcohol. We did, uh, we did Cosmos the other day, and those don't taste like alcohol at all. I mean, the way, the that's way dangerous. We might, yeah, it was just like uh, a fruit punch. Those are always tough. Anytime it's that double-edged sword when somebody's like, yeah, you don't taste the alcohol at all. And I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. then oh, it just tastes good, and then it'll just really kick you in the ass. No, I think I'm good on that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the podcast has been going uh, very fun. It's been a lot of fun. We don't have, you know, we were talking about having guests on before we mm-hmm. start recording. It's tough to grab a guest on that one because you have to be like, okay, you have to go out and buy uh, all the 
alcohols that you've never heard of, like uh, creme de cacao, which I'm sure you don't have, and uh, mix it up and make it and drink it with us. <laughs> and also, some people are like, well, maybe I don't want to drink uh, at five in the afternoon. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm sure some people would be like all about it. Especially... No, I know. It's it's just easier to organize the three of us to do it. It's like, just be done with it. Yeah, no, I bet. Like, you know you're in. Yeah. So that's good enough. We'll have, also, we'll have yeah. guests on, though. We will get some people. That'd be fun. I've been unintent, not, you know, concertedly, but just poaching people that have been on Doughboys at this point. Mm-hmm. And there there are just so many great people that have been on that show and that are in your, your circle. I know. They've been doing it for so long, too. I, Doughboys has been out for, like, five years. Five? Yeah. Yeah. I um, Actually, a couple of days ago, I, I talked, recorded with uh, Nick. Uh-huh. And... And I meant to ask him, I wanted to ask him, like, do you genuinely think this show is terrible? Because when I brought it up and I said the wonderful podcast, he goes, no, nah, it's terrible. And I'm like, and I, do, <laughs> I do, you know, I do sometimes wonder, I'm like, is it that the amount of fanfare relative to what you think the, how good you think it is makes you think it's terrible? Or is it like, do you generally just think it's terrible? He doesn't think it's terrible. I mean, they, they put together like a solid show. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, it's you can't. I, I mean, that's just the thing. You can't. You can't buy that interplay. Like their their dynamic is just perfect. Oh, it's the best. It's they, those two get along in a way that like. Yes, exactly. You can't bottle that and, and figure it out. It's uh it's so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, I did want to ask you too, real fast. That sure. What bands are you listening to, or what music are you listening to? You know what? I just went through my Spotify uh, year oh, end yeah thing. And uh, what were some of my top ones? My hold on, let me get it for you. Okay, Where cool. Where's my phone? You might have to edit this down, or I don't know what you keep. No, I'm just gonna make it longer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. What what's of of note here? Well, I've uh, discovered 247 new artists. That's exciting. Oh, that's impressive. My song of the year was "Busy Doing Nothing" by the Beach Boys. Oh, it's a good one. It's uh, very chilled out. Very. Very cool. Let's see. My top, um, oh, goddamn. Fish is my top band. It's like every year is my top band. Oh, Got to go back to your mainstays. Big, big fish. Vampire Weekend again. I, I think I was listening to a lot of the, uh, the, the mix that they made for me last year. You know, Spotify puts like, here's the songs you liked last year. We made a mix. I just kept listening to that. So a lot of those show up again. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm not really discovering anything. Tim Heidecker's uh, up there a bunch. I love that album. Yeah. He everything he's so uh, his music is so great and his comedy I I love everything he does. Yeah, I think I I read that he had said in a in a relatively recent interview he was like something in the effect of like I don't do anything great like I do a lot of things well or something like that. Mm. And I'm like I I beg to differ on that. It feels like he does everything pretty pretty exceptionally. I think so too. I, I, I think he is a, a workhorse and and does really well or does yeah. really good stuff. He had a tweet maybe a month ago that was like, I'm doing some of the best work of my life. Pay attention. <laughs> you like, know what? It's true. Agreed. Like he was, The album was out. He had a stand-up special, which was so funny. So and funny. And Moonbase 8, I think, was the other thing that had just come out. And Which is also great. I've only seen the pilot so far because of, uh, I don't have um, Showtime. Yeah. But I guess I could, could I buy those on Apple? You might be able to, or you, you know what you can do, maybe through um, Apple or Amazon, you can do one of the seven-day free trials that they tend to do. Oh, shit. For, like, Showtime, and just burn through it. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, once they're all out. On the streaming service, they're all out. They release them day one. 
Ooh, hello. Yeah, and uh, they also have, by the way, like a lot of great documentaries, especially music documentaries on uh, Showtime. Oh, there's a Zappa one that just came out, isn't there? Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Is it good? Where where'd you find it? It was on Apple, uh, iTunes. Okay. Is it good? I was thinking about that. It's hard to, for me to tell. I didn't know, I don't know the most about Zappa, so mm-hmm. I, a part of me was like, Am I good on gauging how good this is? Because it was, if I, if I don't know a lot about them, I don't know what they didn't put in, you uh-huh. know, what was excluded. But it was, it did a good job, I think, of representing just both how prodigious he was, how single-minded, how very, very intelligent and influential. Yeah, yeah. And, and like a very anti-drug, anti-drinking guy. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about, you know, his fight against censorship mm-hmm. and later in life going to Congress to speak yeah. out against it. Yeah, he, he's one of those guys where I, I there's some songs of his that I like. Uh, every, not everything. Uh, he's got so much stuff that it's kind of hard to get in everything. But um, he's got just like, just seeing his concerts or seeing concert footage or something, whatever they show in the documentary is just interesting. Because yeah. it's like, oh, wow, he, they had a whole band up there. And it's really like kind of, if you agree or disagree, like smarter music, it's more complicated than you think. He was very clearly from everything a brilliant person yeah and what they communicated in it or at least what i got out of it which i thought was interesting and also like kind of a bummer in a way it feels like he was in some ways like born 20 years too early because it was like he was constantly frustrated by the fact that he had to rely on other people Mm. to help him realize what he hears in his head right he would if it was he was now he would just put this stuff out on garage but yeah yeah, I'm like, if he just had like GarageBand or whatever, yeah. just something with digitized, and they even show him using an early version of that, like a a very like analog keyboard that you press a few buttons in it. That's like a more like complicated hybrid computer Casio keyboard type okay. thing. And so I'm just like, oh, even then he had that iteration. He was messing with the, <laughs> that then. But I'm like, oh man, he would have been, I'm not going to say satisfied, but maybe uh slightly easier to live with an album a month yeah <laughs> i mean yeah th- i think that's i didn't realize too that you know early on they showed the archive of all of his music and like that was his goal was to just record everything so we could hear his music mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did you watch um uh, uh how to with john wilson i've watched the first episode and i'm savoring it oh it's great it's really it's really great I just kind of blew through all of them really quickly because they were so fun. But he, same thing with, with him. It seems like he just videotapes everything. I, I don't know any of the backstory of how he makes the show, but like he's just got the camera running all the time. So he's always like getting stuff, which makes me think of Zap. If you're just like always playing, you just always are churning out stuff and have something ready for specific songs or projects or whatever. That's interesting because I watched actually a behind the scenes video of talking about the Brett episode. Okay. Of that, and they talk about how that came to be, specifically around creating the show and pitching it. Mm-hmm. And something like uh, Nathan Fielder, they were talking, you know, because he's the executive producer, mm-hmm. and that Nathan asked him like what the show would be, and he sent video of a guy with bread in a plastic bag tied to a handrail in a subway. <laughs> uh-huh. They talked to John, and he was like, you know, I sent it to, to Nathan, and he, he really liked it. And they cut to Nathan, and Nathan's like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what that was. I didn't know. I didn't find it particularly compelling. But you're there to support yeah. the, the creative. And then he sent me back with that. And then John just sent more videos of bread-related things. <laughs> that he had. Just, yeah, yeah. Uh, figured out. <laughs> I love it. 
I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but what am I doing? I mean, look, I <laughs> could do this all day. I'm around doing nothing. Yeah, sure. How is New York, by the way? New York's great. I think the numbers are spiking and it's getting colder and everyone's... I know I'm watching out a little more. Like, uh, there was a time in the summer when it was like everyone was out and drinks were flowing and yeah. it was the, the to-go drinks were a thing and everyone was just moving around. There was, uh, like, pictures from St. Mark's that were, like... Uh, like New Orleans, like just people all over the place. It was way too claustrophobic, Good too close. Yeah, that was my fear, though, when the numbers started to dip. It was then people then overcompensated the other way uh-huh. of that relief of like, oh, thank God. And then, yeah. you know, here we are. God, it's so scary. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we wrap it up, do you want to anything you want to point people toward? Yes, definitely go check out the uh, Sloppy Boys podcast. We have that on pretty much anywhere you get podcasts. And then the Sloppy Boys blowout is through Patreon. So if you find us on Patreon, you can be a member and get some extra episodes. Perfect. And it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. I've been banking the uh, cocktail episodes. Oh, so good. I can enjoy those. Yeah. But love your albums. Thank you. Love Birthday Boys. Thank so you. thank you for being on. This was a real thrill for me. Oh, of course. And uh, we finally connected. I, I saw your... Uh, your Instagrams were like, the messages were from like weeks ago, months ago, maybe. Yeah, and I was furious. But, um, <laughs> I know, I always forget to like check my Instagram. This messages. is great. So I appreciate it. Just uh, everybody, please wear a mask. Take care. Be safe. Don't, you know, go drinking drinks outside amongst people. Stay inside, please. And don't share drinks. Yes. Don't, don't share drinks. Don't get don't together with your friends mouth. six feet apart. And then all of a sudden you share drinks for whatever reason. That's stupid. God stupid and don't eat covid i know you can but please do not eat covid <laughs> and don't num, eat num, fatty num. foods i mean sometimes <laughs> it's okay but you know we all need to take care of ourselves yeah i know like i know that on top of the food pyramid is now fatty foods and covid but let's just don't yeah, do it stay away from it all please but thank you for listening yeah. take care goodbye